0: With Hashem's deep love, you're listening to the 120th edition of the Daily Kabbalah Lesson. At the end of the previous lesson, we spoke about the idea that the, an individual, so it's possible for an individual to be on a level where he's completely involved in learning Torah, he's completely involved to the point where he doesn't have to do anything for his livelihood, comes to miraculously somehow. However, in general, the Torah doesn't expect that of the general populace, but rather, a person has to be involved at at least a little bit in his parnas, and his livelihood, to make sure that he can make ends meet. It doesn't mean he's supposed to spend all day on one's livelihood, that's not what the Torah wants from us. A person's supposed to be involved all day in learning Torah, and a little bit involved in his livelihood as well. So, he continues and says here in the note that that's why in the first paragraph of the Shema, so it says, it says, with all of your means, with all of your possessions. Right? So it's speaking in the singular there, but in the second paragraph, it doesn't say, with all of your possessions. Because since the first paragraph is speaking to individuals, so there it's possible to say that you can have an individual who's on a level where he completely gives up everything, he gives up all of his parnasa, his desire to have a livelihood, it is taken care of, but he's giving it up in a certain sense in order to completely dedicate himself to god's work to learning the torah to being involved in the commandments so but in a second paragraph so it's talking about the general populace so there it doesn't say with all of your possessions because in general so again this this idea is it's repeating itself where the individual has the ability to do this but the general hamon am the general populace does not have the ability to completely be involved in learning Torah without giving a single thought to their parnasah to their livelihood. Now, the Neveshachim is going to describe to us the concept of the Kruvim, the Cherubim that were these angelic figures that were on top of the Aron, on top of the Ark of the Covenant. So it says, one of these two Cherubim, so it hinted to God himself, and the other one represented the Jewish people, God's treasure nation. Now, according to how much the Jewish people were close to God, and according to how much they were attached to God, or heaven forbid the opposite, so it would become apparent in the way that these two Cherubim were interacting, how the Jewish people were interacting with God. So now, if the Jewish people were looking straight to God and trying their best to do God's will, so, so to the Kruvin, these angelic figures, would be facing each other. If, heaven forbid, they were not facing directly towards God, the Jewish people, they were a little bit off, so then you would see that also in the Kruvin. And if, heaven forbid, they turned completely away from God, so so to the Kruvin themselves, they would turn away from each other, heaven forbid. And this is something that we find that our sages say in Yuma, on uh Nundalar, on Al, page 54a, that when the Jewish people would come to the of English to the temple, on the festivals, so they would actually open up the Kodesh and the Holy of Holies, so that the Jewish people could actually see the Ark of the Covenant, and they would be able to see the Cherubim, and they would show them that the Cherubim were embracing each other. And then the, they would say, look how much you are loved in front of God. And this represents this exact idea, because the Cherubim, since they were engaged in this embrace, so that showed the fact that God was embracing the Jewish people as well and the Jewish people were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Another interesting point that Epstein brings down on the bottom, in the notes, so he brings in, the Gra explains the Kruvim, these cherubim, so they had angelic features, but they looked like a very young child. And the idea behind it is, according to the gra that just like a child, so he has complete faith in God. He doesn't question anything, he doesn't believe at all in himself, that anything is coming from his own efforts. So when the Jewish people behaved like that, at like Tinokos, like a young child who completely trusts in God, so then God would also respond in kind by showing that faith by showing that he was indeed faithful to them and taking care of the Jewish people but as soon as the children of Israel, the Jewish people so they became more adult-like and that they didn't have that full sense of faith in God so then they wouldn't have the same level of connection to God and God would not as much be involved in, in Hashkach in divinely orchestrating events for the Jewish people. So it's a, it's a beautiful lesson for us that according to how much we trust God, how much we God in our lives and we see His hand in our lives, that's how much He continues to guide us and how much He continues to help us. So now the Nefesh HaKad quotes three different places where the Zohar brings this idea. Each one of them has their own little differences, so we'll quote them, each of them as they are brought down so the first one it says like this when is there mercy in the world when the Keruvim are facing each other so then it shows that all of the different levels of, the, of, of reality are being rectified so that since the Jewish people are doing their rectification towards God they're doing what they're supposed to be doing so so to everything and entire all the different levels of reality are rectified that's the first quote the second quote is it says achim, that there's a concept of brothers sitting together that when the Keruvim when these Keruvim were facing each other so then it says how beautiful how wonderful it is and if heaven forbid the male counterpart of the cherubim would turn away from the, from the female one woe unto the world because as we said it denotes the fact that God heaven forbid has turned away from the Jewish people the third quote that we have is that whenever the Jewish people are meritorious so the cherubim these cherubim they would be attached to each other face to face and if they would sin heaven forbid so then they would turn away from each other and therefore, that's why at the time when the Jewish people were meritorious, they would be face to face. So based on this concept, the Jewish people could tell if they were doing what they were supposed to be doing or not. So we have the, the Pasuk, the Zohar brings, Ivdash Hashem, a Simcha, serve God with joy. What's this referring to? It's referring to the joy of the Kruvim, of these cherubs, that when God would bring down his divine presence upon them, so there'd be a tremendous amount of Simcha of joy in the world, and the world would return to a state of mercy.